Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today we are diving into the Ayurvedic approach to menopause. So menopause in Ayurveda has a, a different take than in the Western traditional sense, mostly because in the West, we often hear about horror stories, you know, whether it be from our moms, our sisters, our aunties, or maybe just close friends that we've heard horrible things as they transition into it. You know, the night sweats, the, um, you know, weight gain around the middle, um, just the uncontrollable cravings, all of the little things that you're, you know, people have maybe shared with you through the years. So I wanted to share a little different approach and why Ayurveda, um, you know, maybe you want to kind of look at it from this lens. Cause I think sometimes it is about the way that we see it and approach it and frame it in our minds. And the way Ayurveda looks at it is it's a time to embrace your inner wise woman, which I think is just a beautiful thing. You know, it it really, really looking at it from that lens versus like, oh, I do not want to go through that phase. You know, we all end up going through it at some point, you know, God willing, you know, we want to be able to go through that. That means we are aging. So menopause is classified as that first full year without a bleed. So if you're thinking about what does when does it actually start? So many of us are in perimenopause, which I've talked about in a previous show for many years. And again, an Ayurvedic approach to perimenopause is very similar to that in the menstrual cycle. So if you're in that perimenopause years, you're still managing the doshas. You know, you're figuring out what dosha is um, out of balance and how to get back into balance. Now, when it comes to menopause, the we're doing a little bit things a little differently. There's, there's the ojas and the tejas, which we're going to talk about. So both estrogen and progesterone decline in the body during the menopausal years. So both hormones are connected in Ayurveda to the ojas and the tejas. The ojas is related to the kapha dosha. So in Ayurveda, there are seven layers of tissues and ojas is built up after it's passed through those seven layers. So that's kind of the, um, it's the vital energy. I've also done a podcast probably a long time ago now, maybe a couple of years ago about ojas and how to build them up. We all need ojas. We all need that vital energy. And often when I hear people say they're, they're really drained they're um, they can't focus. Um, they're just really having trouble gaining that, maybe that clarity and that um, they're lacking that um, kind of that luster, that love for life. You know, they might be a little bit low in ojas. So tejas, on the other hand, is related to the pitta dosha, and it acts as the subtle essence of agni. So reminder, agni is digestive fire. So that um, tejas, it kind of helps transform the digestive fire. So we need that to kind of keep things moving. So which means, you know, what does that kind of mean? It means during menopause, you want to keep your pitta and kapha balanced. Pitta should reside in the core, in that midsection, that's fire burning, and kapha should not be depleted. Meaning if you're getting too low, if you think about that fire and it's completely burned out, the kapha is going to start to deplete and we're going to lose those ojas. So it's a little different take on it, but if you're familiar with the Ayurvedic world or even some of these yogic terms, you know, if you're a yoga teacher, you might've heard of these terms as well. So that's kind of what we're looking at um, when it comes to menopause. So let's Let's dive a little deeper. Let's go into stress. Cause I think that's the number one thing, you know, is stress is going to affect the nervous system. And if the nervous system becomes unbalanced, guess who else comes to play during menopause? Vata. And so now we can see, holy moly, we are trying to balance basically all three doshas and they, 
maybe are a little bit, you know, they might kind of tip up or get triggered by little things in our life easier during these years based on our hormones, you know, what our hormones are actually doing. So we have to kind of play this fine balance and this, um, you know, you're kind of thinking about like, like you're leading an orchestra and you're really trying to make the right instruments play at the right time to have that song sound wonderful and the sound make it appealing to all. So that's kind of what you're doing with, with the doshas at this time. So what does it kind of look like with stress in the body? So this is where you might be checking in with your vata dosha. If your cortisol levels start to increase, if your blood pressure is increasing and your heart rate increases. So, um, that is kind of what you're thinking about, um, with that vata. Now, side note, the monthly bleed we experienced. So again, we're in menopause, but during your menstrual cycle that release the bleed, um, is, can be a release of pitta that excess heat in the body. So when that stops, we need to make sure excess pitta or heat doesn't arise in the body. So because that is a time where we're releasing heat, heat can get backed up. And that's when those hot flashes kind of come to play. So again, that's why I said, it's kind of like leading that orchestra. What needs to be, what fires need to be stoked? What fires need to be put down a little bit and tamed. Um, and that's, that's where it can be, it can be complicated. And this is where, if your hormones are a little out of balance, you know, seeing someone and just maybe, Hey, this is what I'm thinking is going on. And just getting an outside perspective can help, especially if you're into Ayurveda, um, that could be a way to kind of say, here's what my, here's what's happening in my body. What boxes should I be checking? What dosha should I be mindful of right now? Because again, that might change in a year or two, but right now in your life, it could be related to X, Y, Z dosha. So let's go a little bit deeper into the doshas and menopause in particular. How do I know which one to kind of put out the fire first? So symptoms of a vata imbalance are going to look like dry skin. Maybe you had a scanty bleed during perimenopause. So maybe your bleed started to kind of slow down. Maybe it was there one month. It wasn't the next. It started getting super light. Your digestive discomfort and constipation. So maybe you constantly always are constipated and you're bloated and all of those things that come with it. That's a Vata thing. You might have trouble sleeping, trouble focusing, anxious, fearful, and bone loss. So now just to throw one more wrench in there, typically we're in the Vata phase of life mm, around 55 to 60. So, you know, if you're in that age range, you might also be saying, Oh, I might have a Vata balance in general that could be throwing off my menopausal symptoms. So this is just all things to kind of think out. It's just, it's a lot, it's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. Um, just like in Western medicine with menopause, often doctors don't know what to do with you. So that's where I'm like, at least in Ayurveda, we have, you know, we know what's going on in terms of the doshas and it really is about, Hey, how can I find that balance within them? How can I keep my ojas high? How can I keep the tejas fire burning, but not too hot where I'm burning out with excess pitta? Now, if you have a pitta menopause, here, here might be some of the symptoms, hot flashes, irritability, and cranky, heavy bleeding during perimenopause. So maybe you are someone who's bleeding increased excess heat in the body. Maybe you have some um, heart imbalances. Maybe you have an irregular heartbeat, anger, jealousy, and then inflammation or red skin. So again, these symptoms are also those of a, just a general in Pitta, you know, they're a Pitta person. So whether you're in menopause or not, those could be symptoms that you have, and that would be a Pitta imbalance. 
And then finally, what does a kapha menopausal um, out of balance look like? Weight gain, sad, depressed, feeling heavy. So you just feel heavy overall. Um, it could be mentally and physically. And then the lack of focus, but mostly because you feel kind of dull. It's not a lot of lack of focus because you get distracted easily. It's just, I just don't feel, I don't feel sharp. Like I'm just not able to kind of get the right word. So that would be that kapha. So those are a little bit about the doshas coming to play. Now, how do you find balance? So maybe you're like, I'm still a little confused about what dosha to treat or where to start. These next um, few tips would be where to start in general to help you find balance. So you want to increase your rasa. So rasa, how do I do that? Or maybe what is rasa? Rasa relates kind of the juiciness of life, or it often, they could say, literally translates to nectar, essence of taste. Um, And this can be associated with emotions and balancing emotions. So ways to increase it, abhinyanka, so self-massage, making sure you're drinking water, and shridahara, which I don't know. I think I have one place that I saw locally that does this. Um, it is where you drip a hot oil on kind of that third eye. And it's a great thing to do with a practitioner. You can also do it at home. Um, but if you do have someone nearby, I would definitely check that out. It's kind of like a nice, um, think of it like a massage, but it's like a massage for, um, your third eye. So that is the ways to kind of increase that rasa in your life. Strengthen your Agni, so your digestive fire. This one's going to be huge. You want to eat a Vata pacifying diet that doesn't aggravate Hitta. So you're going to try to make sure you're having those cooked vegetables, but you're not adding a ton of spice to it, not adding a ton of heat because that's going to increase Pitta if you have those kind of hot flashes and those Pitta symptoms. Um, Enjoying CCFT in between meals. So cumin, coriander, and fennel tea. And that can be just a nice little um, five minute thing uh, before you go on to your next meal. Minimal snacking. So backing down on the snacking. This is something that is recommended through all ages, but especially during the menopausal years, maybe you just kind of eliminate snacks and you have your three meals a day. And then a circadian fast. So eating between the window of a 12 to 16 hour fast, which means you might close the kitchen at let's say 6 PM. And maybe you don't have um, your breakfast until, you know, it could be six to even 10 AM. So kind of that 12 to 16 hour window, that's the easiest way to do a circadian fast and then reducing caffeine and alcohol. And I know sometimes this is one that as we age, we maybe indulge more but really being mindful of it because it is going to decrease the Agni and that digestive fire. Now, the last one, the last kind of pillar is mindfulness. So what are ways that you can practice mindfulness? And um, this doesn't just have to be for menopause, but just in general, yoga nidra is a wonderful tool. So having that sleep, maybe that um, during the mid part of the day and listening to a yoga nidra, and it really is an awakening. It's not necessarily I'm taking a nap. It really is awakening the mind, which again, as we tap back, especially you have that cough of dullness in the mind, um, that would be a good thing to practice. If you're having that trouble focusing with that vata symptoms, yoga nidra is going to help kind of awaken the mind again. Pranayam. So alternate nostril breathing is going to calm down the vata. If you have that excess heat, you might do shatali. Um, and so those are some ways that you can kind of incorporate the right breath work for you. Meditation before bed to help aid in sleep. So if you're someone who's having trouble with sleep, what does your sleep hygiene look like? And how can you maybe um, find more ease with your routine? 
a daily yoga asana practice. So I'm waking up and doing a yoga practice to kind of get the body moving, slough off the excess kapha in the morning. And then the last one, try not to live in the past and release things from the past that are no longer serving you. So this one can be huge because again, what in the West happens, you know, we see it all the time. Women feel um, like we need to get Botox. We need to get um, lip ingestions, facelifts, all of the things, because we just don't feel as maybe as youthful as we once did in our twenties and thirties. And because Hollywood kind of really focuses in on the younger actresses, you know, often the people who are aging in Hollywood have done stuff to their face, making just kind of the general population. We all kind of feel like, oh, we should be doing that too, because nobody's letting their actual um, age kind of show on their bodies anymore. So that is something to kind of really dive into there. If that is something um, that kind of you feel a pull towards, or maybe that's a story that you're like, oh yeah, I'm not liking what I see in the mirror. And again, there's nothing wrong with doing things to, to fix. If that is something that you feel called to do, if that's going to make you feel better, but just knowing, Hey, what does this do to my body? Um, you know, is this really going to be the thing that helps or do I really need to dive in and release some of those stories that, Hey, you know what? I'm not in my you know twenties or thirties anymore. I am in my fifties and sixties, um, or even late forties, depending on when you go into menopause. So really just kind of be mindful um, about things that you need to release, which also is going to help the kapha dosha. So if you feel that stuck energy, releasing things, um, will help there. All right. So those are some of my menopausal tips that I have for you. Um, I know I have some other episodes about menopause on the podcast. So if you want to kind of dive into some of the other past interviews that I've done with people, um, I will see if I can find an Ayurvedic menopause kind of expert to focus in on and bring, bring them on maybe in the fall. So we can kind of dive a little bit deeper into this topic. Cause I know a lot of this is now becoming more to the forefront. We're becoming more aware of, you know, health and hormones. People are talking about the menstrual cycle, talking about perimenopause and menopause, and we're trying to prepare our bodies for it better than maybe we did, you know, 20 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, I think social media has helped in that regard of people wanting to have this information. So we're not kind of shocked at like, this is actually what happens. Um, and I will say that too, from, you know, just having a baby, I know that a lot of people will talk about, these are things that happen postpartum where maybe 10 years ago, you only learned it from a friend where now you can kind of see online, like, Oh, okay. I didn't realize I'm going to be bleeding postpartum for you know, a week, 10 days, a few weeks, a month, you know, and maybe now you can have that information. So that's kind of the same thing with menopause. How can we prepare for it? And if you already know you're prone to a pitta imbalance and you're in perimenopause, you might start to pacify pitta now. So when you come into those menopausal years, um, that transition is going to be a little bit more easeful for you. And if you want any more information about this or um, figuring out hormones in general, and you are in your menstrual years or perimenopause, um, my flow with your cycle uh, one-on-one coaching program would be great if you want to really tune in and hone in on those um, on those uh, hormones and finding your balance within your menstrual cycle. So that information will be in the show notes or it's just on the homepage of my website, which is just my name. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.